0: Grab your popcorn and your favorite candy. It's time for another episode in our series, Motion Picture Meets Reality. In this season, we explore how movies and television series reflect the world of youth and schooling. This week, it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood with Mr.
1: Rogers.
2: Hello, everybody. My name
1: is Kim Stuhl. I'm a pre-K-4 teacher here at St. Andrews. And today we are talking about media and children, specifically TV and how it affects our young children and TV of the past and TV now. I'm joined by two colleagues and friends, Ruth Fletcher and Andrea Stallings. Thank you, ladies, for taking your time to come do this. Andrea, you want to introduce yourself first? Sure. I'm Andrea Stallings.
2: I'm an instructional assistant at the lower school I've been at St. Andrews for 10 years or more. Um, I have four children, Senor McKee, who teaches Spanish, um, Avery and Brian Stallings, who are recent graduates, and Connor Stallings, who is a junior at St. Andrews. Um, I've been in this community and have been invested in children's well-being for a long time.
0: Thank
1: you. Ruth?
0: I'm Ruth Fletcher, and this is my first year as a part of this St. Andrews school community. Um, I work at the Lower School. I'm the Little Chapel teacher, so I have every class in first through fourth grade. And um, I've got three children of my own. Um, they are adults. One's a senior in college, and the other two are out
1: working. And how long have you worked with kids? In what ages? I've worked with kids...
0: I mean, being a mom, and then working at St. Andrew's Cathedral and um, Sunday school teacher, um, vacation Bible school, camp, all kinds of things like that.
1: Great. Well, that's why I asked y'all to be here, because I knew that y'all had lots of experience and exposure with our youngest children. Um, And do y'all think, how important do y'all think TV, TV or media is influencing our children is it an important influence um not so much I think it's an important influence um
0: I think that they're gonna have a lot of screen time video games um phones all of that but tv can be um it can give a um foster play and creativity um if it's healthy Mm -hmm. healthy you know um, program, but, um, I think it can teach you how to get along with others and see different conflicts and relationships and maybe people that are different than you with disabilities
2: or, um,
0: other areas like that.
2: What do you think? Um, I think media is very influential. I don't know how, at this point, I don't know how good good it is, um, I think that there are a handful of shows that my kids watch that I still play for my current pre-K-4 students, um, and they still hold up. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what they're consuming Mm
1: -hmm. in their
2: day-to-day life. Um, But, I I mean, I, I have concerns about the media that, children are currently being given. And I do think that it is a large part of what they're doing outside of school is consuming media. Mm -hmm. So the things that I've seen have been concerning to me.
1: What was interesting to me is, I don't know if y'all, I'm sure y'all have noticed in the last five or six years, there's been a big resurgence of Mr. Rogers. Mm -hmm. They had his documentary and then they had a movie about him. And when I started to look back and watch the documentary, he talked about getting into TV because he didn't like what he saw. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about y'all, but as a young mom, I was like, my children are not going to watch TV. We were, it was like, I didn't even want them to hear it. I was very strict at first because I thought it was, I just didn't like anything on there. And that lasted probably two minutes because mm-hmm. it's the world. It's everything. It's when they go. And so I thought it was interesting and I love that example of Fred Rogers turning the tables and saying, if it's going to be here and he could tell, I mean, he started when TV first started mm-hmm. and he could tell at that time that it was going to be all consuming all over and he was going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And so um, for him to get into it and try to make it what children can use. And it seems like he did it in a very successful way. We'll talk about that. But to me, it was a model in and of itself that we shouldn't fear mm-hmm. what, because it is, it can be to me very overwhelming mm-hmm. media and it's so powerful and kids are so, I mean, I remember when mom were little and they're watching TV, like they tune everything out. Right. Mm-hmm. They are, you could be yelling fire and they're not gonna move. So, um, did any of yours watch Mr. Rogers or Sesame Street or?
2: We didn't watch Mr. Rogers. They didn't watch Mr. Rogers, but they watched Sesame Street. Connor particularly was a big Elmo fan. Uh Uh-huh. Avery and Brian watched more little bear and shows like that and Mason was more I allowed him to watch a lot more <laughs> just like whatever was on kind of media but and that's a great point cuz you were in a different part yeah, of your life different part so of my life different, different yeah different kids um but I watched Mr. Rogers as a kid, and I remember my older siblings making fun of it, and me feeling like there was something wrong with it, so I wouldn't watch it. I would tell myself, like, this is not something that I should watch, because it's weird, or it's goofy, or it's babyish. So but you were attracted to it? But I was, all, I always wanted to know what he was going to do, like, what's going on in his house that day, mm-hmm. so...
0: Yeah, we've got. I have to say, you know, people will. I've heard so many times that TV is so bad and it's not, you know, good for children to watch TV. But I mean, I have so many good memories of TV from when I was little. And I loved Mr. Rogers. I had older siblings. They kind of shamed me too because they wanted to watch their show. Mm -hmm. But I loved his friends the Mm -hmm. Handyman and the Mailman. And I loved the Egg Timer. And, um, you know, the puppets, mm-hmm. they all had different personalities. Um, some were a little, you know, sassy or mm-hmm. whatever, but they had different personalities. And he literally had a show one time where he watched paint dry. Mm-hmm. And
1: for whatever reason, I like that.
0: And I'll never forget that. That spoke to you way early
1: because you still would like that probably. Yeah,
0: it's just a little meditative.
1: Exactly. Kind
2: of thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So, it's the bee.
2: It's this that he could just be mm-hmm. and was trying to teach us to just be. Yeah.
1: Why do you think media usually portrays shows that cater to young children very chaotically and loudly and I
2: think they um, they misunderstand human. children. mm I think the people that are making the shows are not like Fred Rogers. They're not educated in the needs of early childhood, mm-hmm. um, and we consume it, and mm-hmm. we're not doing much about stopping it. So there's also that, like, selling consumerism. We're buying. Well, and products. that's one of the
1: things he said. He said that shows would view children as consumers. Yeah. They didn't view them any other way. And I didn't even think back then that that's how I see that now. I mean, when I was growing up, you know, there was the toys and the cereal. There was Saturday morning cartoons. It was all geared. And they don't have that as much anymore. So I didn't know how, I'm assuming, I guess it is still pretty consumer-based. Mm-hmm. But in different ways because I guess it's through.
2: Apps. Yes. Like the app that matches the, the program that then has games that you buy into. mm mm-hmm. um, that's what I've noticed more it's just the link between what they're seeing on television and then introducing an app and saying, "You know, follow us on this or whatever and then there are games and there are mm-hmm. videos, and then there's also a pay part to that, so
0: a lot of times um. TV wasn't so much a babysitting tool mm-hmm. for me because I watched it with them. Like yeah. I loved Little Bear. We watched Little Bear. We watched The Land Before Time with the dinosaurs the cartoon, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, I enjoyed it. You know, and now when it would get real loud, like with some of the other shows that were funny, mm-hmm. but like SpongeBob or something, but it would get loud, and I'm just like, you know, that's that wasn't as good for me.
1: What, as a parent or a person that is around children, do you watch for to know how to navigate the media world and what you would think would be... I mean, like, how do we help parents understand that there are vast differences between the media that's on there Mm -hmm. today and that it's important in what their kids are exposed to? Well, first of all, you have to know
0: what your kids are watching, uh, too. Um, Mm. and help um, navigate that
2: well in that they don't I think that there's this new maybe way of thinking that kids can consume the same things that adults can and there have to be some boundaries in place because they can't and watching what they're interested in rather than having them watch what you're interested in And then just sitting down and watching and consuming the media with them and then stopping and kind of doing what what we do, like stop and take a minute and then see how you feel. Like if you've just watched South Park, Mm. you're going to (laughs) feel some kind of way when it's over. You're going to feel either grossed out or Mm. icky because the storyline or... You're just likely to have some kind of a feeling, and I think if we encourage parents to sit down and watch an episode, see how you feel if, after you watch an episode of Bluey with your child. Do you feel good? Do you feel like maybe you know? Do children watch
0: South Park, or is that just an adult I think children park?
2: watch a lot. Of, I think they watch whatever. I don't do know if four year olds are watching that, but I think that the idea as parents, if we all kind of remember what it's like to watch some of those shows and how you feel icky. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching something with your kids, you know, maybe you you get a little, you feel like maybe that was too aggressive. Maybe that was too violent. Maybe that was beyond what they needed to be seeing. But if you're not watching it, mm-hmm. your child's just consuming it, then you don't really
1: have any idea of what they're
2: you know, what, what they're feeling.
1: Right. Do you think there's a differentiation that people realize that there are different cartoons on air for different age groups? I mean, I remember there's one point that I thought only cartoons were for kids. Yeah. And I didn't realize that there were some shows out there.
2: I hope.
0: It's kind of it's it's manipulative and um, mm-hmm.
1: sneaky making mm-hmm. adult cartoons. Um, well, and you could, I guess we could expand that to like the Marvel movies. Yeah. Because every child wants to go to a Marvel mm-hmm. movie. But there are some parts of those movies that are definitely probably not for the yeah. youngest.
2: And I think there's an increase in play fighting because of the Marvel movies. I think that everybody feels like that's a family movie. And then I see a lot more play fighting than I did eight or nine years ago you know and it's it's the way to play it seems like for young kids now
0: yeah and some cartoons and TV shows um that we thought were innocent even don't have a place um right in today's world even though to us it seemed like completely normal and innocent it may have some um you know do you have an example um not really. I was just trying to think of some of the shows I really enjoyed, and they just would not fit. I, mm-hmm. I can't think of an example. Well, I
1: can I can't in a way. My husband and I have debated back and forth over this, like the whole Bugs Bunny mm-hmm. and Wile E. Coyote, and, because and, yeah. it's always about trying to trap or kill them, right? and mm-hmm. they pop out. And we do know, as educators, that young children learn... Easiest to me by modeling behavior. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want them to do anything, you model, model, model. And so I do think when they see that on the TV, that's got to get into their head about that this is. And I do, there was a, um, that was interesting. In maybe the 80s, Mr. Rogers had stopped um, his show. And then a child had seen Superman. And tried to fly out the window and was killed. And so he went back on to talk about, and he did a whole series on superheroes, on make-believe. And he was very deliberate in his show. And I didn't, there's so many things I don't catch because that's not the lens I was looking through. But he made sure that in his make-believe world, he was never in it. Mm Mm-hmm. He was always after, and they would talk about what happened in the make-believe world with him as a real person to differentiate. All these little things that we take for granted that we think is either not a big deal to children or uh, they'll understand it and we don't realize they don't.
0: Well, and also, like your example, Bugs Bunny, um, to me, as long as there's one compassionate figure Mm -hmm. or caring figure in something like that, it can teach a child how not to, you know... To, to be. or
1: how Oh, to absolutely. Add. So and we have to remember, like those cartoons, that, those were really written for adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of nursery rhymes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: exactly. I love nursery rhymes. <laughs> exactly. um, well, one thing that I wrote down that I think, I, I know that we do, and I think we did it more in the past, but like we would say, no, it's not real to our classroom. Like mm. if somebody is really consumed with unicorns and they believe that their unicorn is their best friend and Mm -hmm. I mean there are times when we've had to create a line in pre-k4 and say you know we know that this child is just pretending that her unicorn is sitting beside Mm her and we're all going to play along you know it's like we create that craft of like we're all going to imagine together And then now it's time for the unicorn to go away because we're going to sit down and we're going to do, you know, I don't know, snack time or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I do think, and and I've seen some teachers who do it really well in pre-K four, we do try to create a a shift Mm -hmm. between this is our imagination time and this is our Reality. reality time. And I think they get it. I think at four they can get it if it's a constant conversation we have with them.
1: That's a great point. Yeah. Because I do think they use their imagination a lot to cope with things Mm -hmm. that we don't know that they're thinking about and just not talking about make-believe in reality and making them think, not just saying this is and this isn't, but can we do it this way? And giving them some latitude in that Mm -hmm. helps a lot. Do you think that um, there are any shows out there that show have those same characteristics that like Sesame Street? And at that, I know that show is more, it was more—it was made specifically for learning, helping children um, learn certain educational components like ABCs and one But they had the they had empathy and all that as well. Do you think there's some shows out there that y'all know of? It's been—I know it's been a while for some of us to have been out there or the pace I do know the pace of those shows were a slower pace like you talked about Mr. Rogers watching paint dry Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you think that could still hold test of time like programming that is slower and deliberate or is it just I do I mean I, I think
2: when I slow down in the classroom the children can hear me I think when I you know Bluey is a show that a lot of Early childhood children like right now, and it is slow. Does that have anything
1: to do with Blue's Clues? Is it no? A, no it's, it's totally. Just, it's.
2: It's. I don't know if it's New Zealand or Australian or British. Okay. It's just a show, and they talk a lot about feelings. They introduce deep, meaningful characters. Okay. And I, I can good. definitely
0: say that I think it would um, hold the test of time because, in my position at the school, the children come in. And the first thing they want to do is meditate, like just a nurse All right, now circle. tell us again
1: the ages you work with. I work with
0: first through fourth graders, uh-huh. and they love to come in, and in our circle time, they'll say, "Miss Fletcher, are we going to meditate? And that just means sitting, I'll ding the chime, and some of them might you know, hold their hands out, but it's just quiet. And we try to listen to all the noises, the air conditioner coming on, or people in the hallway that we wouldn't notice if we were talking. And they
1: really enjoy that. And like I think really, people would not. And some that. of them
0: want to continue. they will say cuz when we'll finish our lesson and they'll go do their art, they'll say can I sit here and, you know, on the rug and continue to meditate and I'm just, I say sure. You know, just it's so busy and chaotic. I've always done
2: a lot of meditation with the four-year-olds, three-year-olds kindergarten and they love the challenge of seeing how long they can go mm-hmm. without talking they taught me how
1: to meditate yeah. I've not been very good at that
0: yeah
1: that is amazing because I, I would say I think we all feel like if there's any gap in conversation or thing that we like when we ask children something if they don't respond right away we feel like we need to fill that in or help yeah. them and that's wonderful that they say they really mm-hmm. enjoy being in that quiet space yeah And what form, I'm trying to think of if there's ways in everyday life that are tools that we can give um, people that have their kids, you know, at home after a busy day. I mean, usually, I know I did for default, when you get home and you've got, you know, you're cooking or whatever, you just need some peace. Like, you're just saying, like, the kids need it, too. Um, What could help them default instead of just that immediate media help? Mm -hmm. Um, Some other alternatives. Or is it habit? Is it just habit that we do that? Do Do we think that, is there things out there, you know, that we could offer children to do or give parents to do with their kids? Or not, I mean, that's the point is not really with their kids because they need to do some things.
2: Well, that's something that I did and I'm not, it works sometimes. If I'm cooking and the house, you know, we have homework or whatever, Yeah. we would just turn music on but it wouldn't be anything upbeat and I still do this in my classroom a lot. I mm-hmm. play a lot of um, just ambient sound or, you know, lo-fi music and it, And even turning the overhead lights off and just turning that on, turning, you know, the lights off, you have calming music. And then I would give my kids Legos and blocks or books for early childhood in particular. They love to look through a book. Um, And I did have to still come back to them constantly to help with conflict resolution or if something was broken or... With a need that they had.
0: Environment So it was engaged. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: I agree. But I was calm because the sound of the television wasn't stimulating me. They were mm-hmm. calm because I was engaged. And those days always felt better as a family. Mm-hmm. Than days when I put them in front of the television mm-hmm. and I'm in the kitchen mm-hmm. and I'm yelling and... Nothing's going right. Mm-hmm. The days when I could slow down. I think that's the whole point. We all need to slow down. Mm-hmm. And we can do hard subject matter. We can talk about real things. We can live much fuller lives if we just And that's slow why down. grandparents are so yes. important.
0: Because grandparents are in such a different time of their yeah. life. It's so important for children to have that grandparent time. Mm-hmm. That's slower. a great point. They're not worried. We're, yeah, we're stuck in what we have to do. Mm-hmm. We're, and we can't look back and see how we should have, you know, now we can, how we should have done yeah. it differently. But grandparents can. Yeah.
1: Maybe grandparents need to have a show. <laughs> <laughs> that yes. would speak to children. <laughs> That's a great idea. Grandparents um, should come over more. <laughs> or adopt a and there, yeah. there used to be a big movement to move senior care facilities and daycares uh, together a beautiful, beautiful school and that would be a wonderful mm-hmm. thing to do um, just before we wrap up one of the, there, there was some criticism of Mr. Rogers' show and that he would tell children how important they were and how loved and valued and they he gave them that he told them that and he said they didn't have to do anything and the criticism was that you're going to raise people that think they're entitled because they don't have to do anything and they're wonderful so what would your counter be to that
0: i just think kids need to know that they are loved Mm -hmm. and that they are important um
2: Loving yourself and entitlement are two completely different Mm -hmm. things in my mind.
1: You're exactly right. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, loving yourself comes from seeing yourself and appreciating all of your faults and and the beauty. But, like, entitlement comes from a place of thinking you're owed something for no reason.
0: And some of these children, Mr. Rogers might be the only person that's ever kind to them. Depending on, you know, your family life. Mm-hmm.
1: He said all problems come from, I mean, all problems can be dealt with love or they come from the lack of. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. And, um. yeah, I don't think you can, can go wrong letting people know how much they're loved and mm-hmm. how much they give. And they matter. And they can give love. Yes. So, Hopefully, um, I know he. I've not ever seen the new show that they have. Um, Daniel Tiger.
2: Oh uh, yeah, it's really cute. But it's 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 Fred. It's I mean it's I think it's based
1: on all of his that's his true. philosophies. Mm-hmm. And I think of all the puppets, I think he was. He was they Daniel. would top He was Daniel Tiger. So if take anything away, he had a wonderful show, I could, I think we all agree that it still is relevant today. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to watch something, can yeah. you go there and uh, let's, let's slow down. Slow, slow it down. down.
0: Know what your kids are watching. There you go.
1: Thank y'all so much Thank for you. this conversation. And uh, I hope it was enjoyable. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.